the whole point of it is to know God. That That's the point of why we know our Bible, is to know Him and to also know the truth, to be able to discern what's the truth and what's a lie and um, to wield it as the, you know, the sword of the Spirit against the lies of the enemy and the lies of the world. But the heart of it is that we would know Him. And so, it, not that there's like, God has this heavenly gold star chart that, well, I don't know, you didn't do it today. So, um, but, but that the time will come and you'll get to sit down at a feast and just get it where you can for now. Welcome to the Crossway Podcast, a show where we sit down with authors each week for thoughtful interviews about the Bible, theology, church history, and the Christian life. I'm Matt Tully, and today I'm talking with Lauren Chandler. Lauren is a Bible study leader, a speaker, and a singer-songwriter who ministers alongside her husband, Matt, at the Village Church in Flower Mound, Texas. She's also written or contributed to a number of books and Bibles, including the ESV Women's Study Bible from Crossway. Today, Lauren and I discuss her habit of reading and studying the Bible. She reflects on the biggest influences on how she engages with Scripture even today, explains the way the Bible impacts her work as a songwriter, and shares how God used His Word to strengthen her faith when she first learned her husband had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. Let's get started. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining me on the Crossway Podcast today. Thanks, Matt. I'm really excited to be with you guys today. So... On the bio on your website, you write something that I found uh, kind of interesting, maybe a little bit funny. Uh, You write, I love asking questions and I loathe talking about myself. (laughs) (laughs) So I just maybe want to apologize up front. Um, I resonate with that, which is why this is so fun for me, but maybe uh, less so for you. Oh, yeah. I like to be the one asking questions. I like to dig. You know, I'm a little bit of a researcher, but sometimes what I'm thinking or feeling isn't always top of mind. And so I feel like I can't always express fully in the moment what I want to say, which usually like if Matt and I are doing Q&As together, I'm always like, I don't care what the question is. Will you answer first? So that gives me a minute to think about what I'm going to say. Yeah, absolutely. This is good for me. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, maybe, and it might be a bit cliched to start with this, but I actually think it's a really interesting question, uh, but it's also very simple. What is your favorite Bible verse and why? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are several, but I think one that I always come back to, no matter what, has been Second Corinthians twelve nine. For my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Um, because I tend to want to do things in my own strength. I want to achieve things. I, and I often fail (laughs) or, um, or, or maybe things aren't things that I'm striving for or dreaming about. I don't, I don't get in that moment. And it's like, so the Lord's grace is sufficient, not just for, to cover my failures, but also sufficient when I'm disappointed, you know, that his grace is enough for me. And, Mm. Um, I think he's used a lot of my weaknesses, probably more than my strength, um, in showing me his kindness, his goodness, and then also sharing my story with other people. Um, I think he uses more of my weakness in that than he has my strength. So that, that's been a, a verse that I come back to you over and over again. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like my like, verses that really resonate with me, they kind of changes depending on the season of life. Do you find that to be the case for you? 
Yeah, I think uh, like when Matt was going through um, cancer and we were going through just that that trial, um, Isaiah 26.3, you know, you keep him in perfect peace. His mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Like I just totally held on to that verse. Um, there's also another one in Isaiah, I think it's 33, five through six, where he'll be the stability of your times. And so there are different verses for whatever I was going through that I just meditated on. And um, I memorized, I, I think scripture memory is so good and I love it, but usually it's like when I've uh, I retain the ones that I've like used and mm. had to really, um, I, I would, I just had to cling to. So yeah, there've been different, different seasons where there've been other Bible verses that have just, um, have honestly gotten me through. I mean, by, by God's spirit and his grace, he's gotten me through, um, at hard times, just thinking on his truth. Yeah, you mentioned your husband's uh, cancer, uh, and maybe for those who aren't as familiar with that story, um, I think it was maybe a little over 10 years ago mm -hmm. now that he was first diagnosed with a brain tumor, right? Yeah, he was. It was it'll be 11 years this uh, Thanksgiving that he was diagnosed. Yeah. Do you remember like you know, that turning to scripture kind of in the wake of first hearing that news? Um, what was that like? In what context, kind of how quickly were you finding yourself like, I need to turn to God's word uh, in the midst of this? Well, what's interesting is before he even went through that, uh, through cancer and before he was diagnosed and he had the seizure, um, I was just, you know, spending time in, in the word one morning. My, my kids, I think, were still asleep or they were having a nap or quiet time or something like that. And, you know, I don't, no one probably, no Bible teacher probably endorses this, but I just like let my Bible fall open to something. I was like, Lord, I just need a word from you. And I'm just, I trust it. It'll open to the right page. And so opened up to Job one, which was, you know, a little unsettling. Cause I was like, oh gosh, what, what's about to happen? And mm. in that moment, I thought it was for just, um, I don't know, a, a separate situation. And then um, I think later that week uh, is when Matt had the seizure. I thought back to Job 1 and what I'd, what I'd read there about how um, Satan, the accuser, could not, um, could not harm or touch Job um, except for what the Lord allowed. And so that, that the the enemy is just a pawn in God's hand. And he, he always has the upper hand. Like it's not an even game. Um, he, he always has more power. Um, and so I think I needed to know that going into that season and I'll be real, real honest. Um, yes, I did. I, I did search the scriptures, but I was really grateful for, um, I was reading morning and evening by Spurgeon and just even, having other people's meditation on, on God's truth. So I love that he had, you know, a chunk of scripture and then he would just have a devotional on it. I think for that season, I needed, I needed both. I needed mm. someone, um, who, um, loved God, loved his word, but could also kind of break it down for me for a minute because, you know, I'm just trying to make it 
um, from day to day. Um, I, that was good for me. I needed that. So what that would do is it would whet my appetite for more of God's word too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in addition to writing um, a couple Bible studies now, you've written or contributed to a few books. Um, you're also a songwriter and a recording artist. And I think maybe one of the songs that you're best known for is Though You Slay Me, mm-hmm. which is just it's just in a really amazing song that I think you co-wrote with a few other people, uh, including Shane Barnard of Shane and Shane uh, and others. And, you know, for me, as I think about that song, and um, one of the most powerful things about the song is the way that it draws on the very words of Scripture from the book of Job, uh, Job thirteen fifteen, which reads, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, what does that song mean to you as you think about um, the history behind it and the process of writing it and and how it connects in with scripture. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to, I had some songs that I wanted to, to record and well, I wanted to finish writing and, and record. And so I had the help of Beth and Shane Bernard in particular, and they had a studio. And so um, we had almost all the songs and there was one song Shane B played for me that he started with another friend and, um, didn't have a second verse and he played it for me. I was like, I, I want to sing that song (laughs) and I want to help write the second verse because I mean, this was 2012, maybe 2000. Yeah. 2012. So Matt had, you know, he'd gone through about 18 months of, of, chemo and a little bit of radiation during that time. So this is fresh out of that season, you know, wasn't sure how Matt was like, how long Matt would live because that was, Mm. that was the the thing about primary brain cancer is that eventually they would, the doctors would say, you're never in remission. It will eventually kill you. And praise God. We believe, we believe God healed them. We do. We believe Lord, you heal we believe you can still heal and we believe you healed Matt. I think you used medicine for sure, but but the fact that you have kept that tumor at bay, you know, we believe that's your hand keeping that back. So, um anyway, having gone through that and just the the still the unknowns at that time of how long would Matt be right. with this? Would it be 2 to 3 years? Would it be 10 years? Um and now almost 11 years later, he's still here. But um, so that song resonated me. And of course, Job, our, Job was kind of my buddy already. And um, because there are definitely times in your life that it feels like a slaying, like it feels like he is just decimating you. Um, but it's very much like a... Um, like a skilled surgeon's, you know, scalpel, it, the, the cutting away of, of what will not last. Um, and even just preparing you when I think about different stories in, in the, of the people of the Bible, where God leads them through wildernesses, he leads them through hard times. I think about Joseph, where, um, what he's doing is he's preparing them for, for the next season. And so what might feel like a slaying is actually him preparing us for what's next, for 
he's disciplining us as his children, his beloved children. And so we can trust the hands that hold the scalpel. We can trust um, the heart of the father that anything that would come to us, um, he can use for good. And so, and to get to that point where you can say, you know, I'm still going to worship you and I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to praise you because you will not abandon me. I know that one day when this is all over, I might not understand all of it on this side, but on the other, I'll get to see you and it'll be worth it to me. Mm. So, um, so that was kind of the verse two that I got to, to write was about that day, like longing for that day that, you know, my heart and flesh may fail. Um, you know, the earth below give way, but with my eyes, I will see the Lord, which is that another Job uh, prayer or cry. Um, and so, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't set out thinking, what am I going to, what am I going to write that's from Job or a Psalm or whatever. Um, and this is kind of how songwriting is for me, especially, um, I don't, I don't usually do well just trying to take a Psalm and write a song to it. Some people are great. Shane and Shane are one. They're phenomenal at that. Um, uh, Robbie C's great at that. But, um, what happens to me is I've inputted all this scripture. I've meditated on it. Um, I've inputted just life experiences and just honest prayers before the Lord, listening for him to answer me some way, somehow. And um, then what comes out is a song out of that. So it's almost like more of, um, I've got the re- all the ingredients for a recipe and I let it kind of bake in me for a little bit. And then a song will come out. I remember taking a little bit of a step back. What does your Bible study routine look like these days? I, you know, I, you mentioned um, a class for uh, young pastors' wives with lots of young kids, and mm-hmm. you know, there's different seasons in life. Uh, what does your current season kind of look like? So my current season is I'm trying to work through reading the Bible chronologically, which I've never done before. <clears throat> Honestly, I've never read the Bible from like cover to cover. I've read all the parts, but I've never like started and finished. So (laughs) I've started quite a few times, but, um, so right now I'm just trying to go through, um, go through just the reading. I've got the blue letter Bible, uh, reading plan for chronological reading. And so just, I will not tell you what day I'm on (laughs) and what, what day I started. How do you how do you think about that? How do you think about missing days? Does that stress you out? No. Or I is mean, that like, you know what, just kind of keep plotting. It's okay. It's I'm always like keep plotting. And even um so I've, I've written two Bible studies, one on Psalm 107 and then this one on numbers. And I always make sure that the ladies know, hey, um if you miss a day, it's okay. Come back to it later and maybe that that you needed that day at that time. And maybe if you'd done it at the right time, it would have been the wrong time. And so I'm just like, there's grace there. And um, what matters more to the Lord um, than, you know, knowing and studying God's word is, is like it becoming a part of us, you know, and us delighting and meditating on it. And and so I think a lot of times we can read his word and yes, will it change us just by reading it? Yes. And studying it? Yes. But if we, maybe we just meditate on one Psalm for a whole week, you know, 
And, and um, we don't get past that for maybe a month, but that we let it read us and like really take it into us. Um, I think that does more long-term change in our hearts and has more of a long-term effect than um, just kind of a little bit just to get through the reading plan. Yeah. What, what do you mean by let it read us? Mm, well, because uh, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh man, that's totally me. Or I've totally mm. been that person. Um, and I know I, I hear often, be careful about reading yourself into the Bible. Yes. First and foremost, it is a story about God. It is a story about his people. But we are his people too, and he does have something to say to us, and I believe in every part of the Bible. And so I think we're really selling ourselves short if we just read it academically and not, you know, um, personal, personally. Um, so I, I think it reads us and that it, it reveals uh, things about us and about human nature that we might not have seen before or it's easier to see outside of us than inside of us. And so when we see it on the outside, we're like, ooh, that hits a little close to home. Yeah. And I've never, you know, seen it that way. So that's what I mean by it reads us. Yeah. Do you um, journal alongside your Bible reading or do you take notes or how do you typically approach a passage? I do a little bit of both. I try to um, journal and take notes. And sometimes it's just that I underline some stuff and I come back to it later. And, um, you know, I'm not, I don't journal every day. I probably should. I would love to. I have high hopes for that. But then someone comes in needing something and, you know, and Matt likes to wake up first. And so, he's got all this quiet time before I like, do. Like he has to be first? Oh, yeah. Well, because he wants like 45 minutes of just quiet alone time mm. with no one else up. So as soon as I get up, I'll be like, how'd you sleep? Well, I had this weird dream. Well, what's this? <laughs> and, you know? So, um, so what happens is I'll get up and then he's, he's halfway done with his study and then I'll start reading. And then when he's halfway done, he starts talking to me and then kids start coming in. So I don't always get as far as I want to. Yeah. But yeah. I can I come back to it. But a lot of times I'll just journal. I'll um I will, you know, I'll write something that stood out to me. I will um if there are names or places or ideas that are sound familiar to me, I will um go back and I'll look at the little footnotes in my Bible and you know, cross-reference and um, and just kind of write down thoughts that I have. And then a lot of times I'll write it into a prayer. Um, you know, like, uh, Lord, help me see this in my life. Help me be obedient to this, you know, do this in me. Or, um, you know, if it makes me think of someone to pray for, I'll do that to you. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't have a time that looks exactly the same every morning or evening or whenever it happens. Um, but I do just try to make some kind of time for, mm. for his word. And I'm sure most parents listening right now in particular, you know, that's an encouraging thing to hear. They resonate with that. You mentioned you wake up and your kids come in and then, you know, kind of all bets are off at yeah. that point. So often, uh, what, what word of encouragement would you offer to maybe, um, parents who are in that kind of a situation where it just feels like it's difficult to find dedicated time, dedicated space, even just mental 
space yeah. um, to really focus. Or maybe it's someone else who it's not kids. It's it's the nature of their job or their schedule or their classes. Um, yeah, what would you say to that person? Um, so as you're talking, I'm getting just like a weird picture of like someone grabbing food to eat. You know, like when you're a parent and kids are little. I know I would just end up eating like the leftover mac and cheese and you know yep. the leftover. I green had beans. that today. Yeah, <laughs> and so. I'm like, get it where you can, and there will be a day that you get to sit down and have a whole feast. And maybe right now, it's just you get, maybe it's you read a children's book about that's about one of the Bible stories, or um, my friend Jenny Allen just is coming out with this thing called Theology, where it's just like um, teaching theology to kids, and maybe you just read that to your kid, and that is your time um, where you just, you get it where you can and knowing that you'll just like, you know, you won't always be eating leftover mac and cheese on plates. You'll get to sit down and have a nice dinner. And if you are so free, have a glass of something adult, you know, um, you, you know, that's coming and, and you make time for that too, but know that maybe just in there might, there might be seasons where you're just having to get it where you can. Mm. And maybe it's, uh, I feel like the Psalms are always so easy to come to, um, especially when you don't have a lot of time and because it is so rich, uh, in, in emotion and theology. And so I, I that's an, a no brainer for me when I'm like, man, I don't have a lot of time, but I can get like a little Psalm in. Um, and so the whole point of it is to know God. That that's the point of why we we know our Bible is to know Him um, and to also know the truth to be able to discern what's the truth and what's a lie and um, to wield it as the you know the sword of the Spirit against the lies of the enemy and the lies of the world. But the heart of it is that we would know Him, and so it, not that there's like. God has this heavenly gold star chart that, well, I don't know, you didn't do it today. So, um, but, but that the time will come and you'll get to sit down at a feast and just get it where you can for now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes too, it seems like another source of shame or, you know, disappointment in ourselves is, is when we compare ourselves to other Christians yeah. and, you know, and you, you know, you're a pastor's wife, uh, you're an author, you know, you write beautiful music. I, th- I wonder if it's easy for people to kind of say, well, you know, um, of course she's got it all together. And um, like, what would you say to that kind of person who, who thinks like, well, you know, you're just going to be so much farther ahead on that kind of stuff than I ever could be. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty discouraged by that. I am, you know, uh, <laughs> I am not... Uh varsity by any means and you could ask my kids that (laughs) they they see the real me they see uh matt and i hope even in the bible studies and the songs i write you can see the real me that um more than anything i do i'm always having to remind myself of whose i am and who god is and that he is a good, loving father, and I am his daughter, and no one can change that. Mm. And so no matter what I do outside of that, that's just like, um, yes, it's stewarding what he's given me, um, but 
it, it doesn't make me more varsity or not. I'm just, you're either his child or you're not, not his child. Um, and, and, or hopefully if you're listening, not yet you're his child. I pray that you become his child, but, um, you know, that's, I would say that you don't ever nail it on this side. And I can look, I can look to people and think, but I'm not doing that. I mean, look how many books she's got out or look how she is loving her neighbor. Look how she pours out. She's volunteering here. She's doing that. It's so easy for me to kind of look, you know, to either side and see what other people are doing. Um, but to have the Lord say, okay, that's great. That's great that they're doing that. But what have, what have I given you to do? What have I called you to kind of like, um, you know, Jesus, uh, talking to Peter and Peter's like, but what, you know, what about John? What about him? And, and, and Jesus is like, but you, you know, you follow me. I, I'm, you know, feed, feed my sheep. And he's like, look at me. What is that to you? And so, um, you will, you will not find contentment or satisfaction by looking at anyone else, but Jesus. I, I think that's been a struggle of mine my entire life has been looking at other people and trying to put like trying on their skin, if that makes sense. Like, okay, that's working for her and that's working for him. Let me try that. And the more that I would do that, the more dissatisfied I would be, the more paralyzed I felt. Um, but when I, I got to the point where, you know, God, your grace is sufficient for me for my, your powers made perfect in weakness. And, I can't do all the things that they do because I'm not them. Um, and, and the Lord reminds me that I, I'm, I'm above all his beloved child. Um, and that he, he has a, a, something in mind for my life and it doesn't have to look like another person's, but to look to him, to be faithful with what he's given me, um, that's where I've found the most peace, the most satisfaction. And when I do start looking the other way to my right or to my left, I always, it, there's always strife. And that's when I need, I have to stop and say, but, but what do you, what do you say about me? And what do you have for me, God? Um, and that's where his word comes in wonderfully to remind me. Um, there's so many different people's stories in the Bible. There's not, Yes, it's all one story. It's all his story. But gosh, there's not two people in that book that are alike. And um, and so to remember that too, that we all have a part to play. We all have something to contribute. Um, you know, big in the world's eyes or small in the world's eyes. But um, all, all um, equally measured by God. Like he he's the one that matters. So... I don't know if that answers your question <laughs> very clearly, but yeah. Yeah, no, I think it. I think it absolutely does. Um, you mentioned already you and your husband. You have three kids, mm -hmm. uh, and they're all teenagers. Is that right? Uh, well, almost. We have an eleven-year-old, so eleven, okay. fourteen, and seventeen. Yeah. Honorary teenager. That's yeah. so close. Oh, yeah. She she acts like one sometimes. <laughs> she wants to be one. So w when it comes to God's word, um, what do you hope that your kids? see in you. And so by that, I don't necessarily mean learn from you something yeah. that you say to them. I mean, what, what do you hope they see in your own life and your own heart 
as they they get older, leave the house and start families of their own, Lord willing? Yeah. I think I want them to see more than anything how much um, their mom loves Jesus and how much she uh, is convinced of his love for her. And um, there was a moment where with one of our kids, it was just a hard season. And we got a call from that kid. They had gone to something at church and um, very begrudgingly. (laughs) And we got a call and in the middle of the night and we hear this little voice all broken, just saying, I get why you love him. I get why you love him. And I think, I think, that's what I want my kids to know is that my mom loves Jesus and, and is so loved by the father, like, um, and is just so convinced of his love for her and is like delights in his love for her and feels delighted in, feels known. Um, I, I want them to see that in, in me and then want that for themselves. I think that's when I saw Matt for the first time. He was actually preaching. And I remember more than I thought he was handsome or well-spoken. I was more moved by how much he was, he loved Jesus and was so convinced of God's love for him. Hmm. That, that marked me more than anything. And I think that's what I want my kids to, to see in me. Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time today to just talk to us about how you approach God's Word, what it means to you, and how it affects your life. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. That was Lauren Chandler on reading and studying the Bible. For more, be sure to check out the ESV Women's Study Bible, which she contributed to, available online or at your local Christian bookstore. For more interviews like this, subscribe to the Crossway Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review, which helps us spread the word about the show. Crossway is a not-for-profit Christian ministry that exists solely for the purpose of proclaiming the truth of God's word through publishing gospel-centered content. Visit us today at crossway.org.